everyone. This is Stephanie from the Keto Endurance Podcast, and I am here with a past client of mine, Jetty, who has become a coach. We're going to talk a little bit about when we worked together, where she was at, and sort of she's going to talk about the changes she went through to become a coach and how she's trying to help people like her feel better and look better. So welcome, Jetty. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for having me on your show. You're welcome. When I saw your post about coaching, that you became a coach, it was exciting to see that you were feeling good and healed. So let's talk about when we worked together, it was back in 2014, and you um, were wanting to do another Ironman. Mm -hmm. But when we worked together, you didn't ever feel good. It was hard to get your workouts in. And that's when we stopped working together because you started looking, going to specialists to find out what was going on. And at the time, you thought it might be Lyme disease and you had gone to see a specialist. But we were just talking before we started that it wasn't, you didn't find out until later. So can you please just describe your journey and um, how, from then to what was going on and how you were able to heal yourself and finally feel good? Yeah, um, well, in 2013, I had a, um, a bullseye rash, which uh, only 30% of people get when they get bitten by a, t a tick. Uh, so I'm lucky to have had that kind of as a proof. But uh, I, I saw specialist after specialist and things of symptoms piled up, uh, you know, uh, small intestinal bacterial um, overgrowth, uh, sleep issues, neck pain, even eye problems, joint problems. I probably forget uh, a lot now because I had a lot and just very tired, not being able to work out, not being able to tolerate lots of foods, lots of aller allergies. But I, I saw a lot of specialists and I always had a suspicion it was Lyme and I knew that 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 bullseye rash that I had, but when people tell you no, it isn't, then you believe that as well, right? So I I'm lucky that I have a really good uh, medical doctor here in Red Deer where I live, and he told me in 2017 about a new test in Germany, and I, I did that, and then it was positive. But I had done other tests like the Western blood test uh, too that were totally negative. Yeah, because um, I remember right before we finished coaching. Yeah. Because you were training for an Ironman because you had done some Ironmans in the past. Yeah. And you're like, I want to do another one again because I felt fabulous. And the more we worked together, it was just becoming increasingly more frustrating for you and for me because I wanted to help you and I, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And you were going right before we finished coaching, you were going to a specialist to see about Lyme. And that came back negative. So yeah. how crazy making was it when the doctors were like, no, that's not it. Did they give you other reasons why you felt bad? Um, no. Well, apparently I had then chronic, chronic fatigue syndrome. And I mean, you start to doubt yourself because other people tell you it's in between your ears, uh, which I, I do believe in, in a big mental health component in illnesses too but yeah it, it was a roller coaster and things started starting to get worse and I could not 
run anymore. I could not uh, bike and swim anymore, which I said farewell to altogether uh, now. And uh, yeah, it was very frustrating. I, I even signed up for another Ironman. I, I oh. think I could just not, I had to cancel it. Yeah. So it's hor- that, that's a horrible feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a horrible feeling to know where you were before. And then to be like, I know I can do this. And mentally, you, anybody who's trained for an Ironman knows that and who completed the race has focus and dedication. So you yeah. knew that was already. Yeah. So when you finally found out, tell us what, how you felt. Well, it was like a big, big relief because finally I had, I, I knew I wasn't crazy. You know, like people told me, like, well, there's nothing wrong with you. So I knew I wasn't crazy. At that same time, my father-in-law was uh, passing in the, in the Netherlands. And the last words, I basically told him, I, I have Lyme disease. And he was like, well, that's, that's amazing. He said, now you know what to do. And seriously, that, that, that point was really a turning point in my life. Like, I started to heal and I, I already had been on antibiotics, thank goodness. Altogether, I think I was on 18 months together, but with little, like, l- little stops in between. But then we could really target it, and I was mentally in a better place, which, of course, helped as well. I saw hope, and I actually I went to the U.S. for a couple times, too, I had uh, stem cells, stem cell treatments, and that won't cure Lyme disease, but it just helps heal and repair the body again. And right now I have a really, really great clinic in Los Angeles, and they, they just help me balance my hormone, you know, it's all disrupted, uh, help my SIBO, my sleep, um, everything. And, and then I do things like vitamin IVs here locally. And I have my own ozone machine uh, to stay healthy. I have a radio frequency Rife machine um, to stay healthy. So everything right now is about staying healthy. And I can just say that Lyme disease in the end was a blessing for me because it changed my life and it got me unstuck. And it also, in the end, made me work on my mental health and my uh, belief system and, and that starting to love myself and all that. That was all the result of having Lyme disease. So oh, that's, yeah. that's good. So mm-hmm. what, if someone is not feeling good, like they're feeling they're feeling horrible and they don't know what it is. So what would you recommend to them like their first steps of what to do when they've tried a lot of different things? So what, what helped you sort of dig deeper and keep checking aside from the rash? Well, you really have to follow a path, like find a treatment you believe in. I would certainly test for Lyme disease. If you're just, you know, if you have a lot of the symptoms, I would definitely spend the money and do the testing. Uh, there are different tests out, out there, but 
the best test, in my opinion, is, is the German um, Armin Labs test. And then the, the problem with Lyme disease, it, it's not really the Lyme disease in itself. It's all the, it, it just makes the immune system working worse and worse. Sorry, I can't think of better words right now. So you attract uh, different infections and that usually makes you very ill. But I would not, I would just see doctor, uh, if, if your doctor tells you I'm, that, that you're crazy, I wouldn't see another doctor because that is just not right. You know, and I, yeah. I know people that are very, very ill from this. And apparently I have a strong body. I was never bedridden. I always kind of kept going. And I think strength training really kept me going too. And yeah, I, I would find a doctor that believes you, then start treating. And if your That's gut is telling you that you're, that something is not right, like I, I know a lot of people that have like MS, but are misdiagnosed, for example, they actually have Lyme disease. So if you don't trust and you're not getting better on, on the medication, that are supposed to help you, I would just not give up and go deeper and really find the root cause. That's cool. Yeah, good advice. Are you familiar with Charlene Anderson who had Lyme disease and she was bedridden and she eats a, a carnivore diet, all meat diet now. And that's really what has helped her function. Okay. Uh, so there are lots of different, um, I'm sure, different paths that people take to feel better. So yeah. tell me, like, after you sort of started to get better, then um, what made you decide to become a coach? Well, I, I had been a stay-at-home mom for a long time, uh, which was busy because we have a farm here, too. And, and we emigrated 17 years ago from the Netherlands to Canada. So life was always crazy, and I could not really do anything. I also did not really know my calling. But in 2018, the beginning, I was asked to be a board member on the Lyme Disease Association here in Alberta, a volunteer position, which I took. And then I went in 2018, in May, I went to LA and I met an online friend uh, in, in, real, in person for lunch. And she was like, you got to do something, you got to, with your story, you know, with my eating disorder and my Lyme, and she was really kind of, I, I needed to hear that someone telling me, hey, you got to get, get off your butt and, and do something, teach others about what I've gone through, and she was like, literally one hour later in my hotel room, I was Google searching courses education to start doing and oh nice yes and I started taking wellness coaching at first and I also knew I I didn't really want to get go to school for 10 years and become like a psychologist or um I've actually done that when I was 19 I went to university and took psychology but I never finished it but um yeah so that's how it started. Oh, awesome. So since you've become a coach, can you talk about some of the success stories you've had that really have helped you like 
because you want to give back. I mean, as a coach, I know I like hearing stories about people I've helped and, um, and the people you've helped and how that has enriched your life. Well, um, so after my wellness coaching, I did also took uh, nutrition, uh, precision nutrition coaching, and I became a personal trainer as well, just to have more understanding of the whole. Initially, I helped uh, with weight loss, uh, mostly women, a couple men too, and with an approach that really helped me, it changed my life in 2000. 14 or 15 it was low carb high fat but with carb cycling and then with one big like uh, i call it the rebel carb party um one big <laughs> night kind of and, and yeah. I, I lost weight and i really found balance with my bulimia history too so that is what i started teaching my clients too my clients have lost weight and kept it off and are feeling more freedom because they can drink a glass of wine if they want to and not have that shame. Like you're doing something wrong. Doing something wrong. So they've learned that they can go on vacation and they can eat, drink a cocktail and eat nachos if they choose to without gaining 10 pounds when they get back. And and also I think it has a lot to do with, with the mindset actually. And so, but, but along the way, I, I did really discover, because I meet my, my clients online through Zoom, so we talk like twice a month for an hour, and I coach them through sticky situations, challenges, and I really found out that it, it's not really about the food or the, the, the exercise, it's really more about healing Things that happen in childhood, uh, traumas, um, other bad past experiences. So, and starting to love yourself and accept yourself. And that's what, that's what really made, makes the change in my clients for lasting success and also for myself. Because what I went through, everything that my clients are going through, I, I did go through that as well. So that shapes or, yeah, gives a connection and makes me relatable. That's awesome. That's awesome that you're able to help people. And I agree um, that um, the process of loving yourself helps put you in a place where you can heal other things. Because sometimes you're so wrapped up in your emotional pain that it's hard to get to what's causing the physical pain or or the cravings, or the drive to do other stuff. Yes. What are your thoughts on um, something that I've thought a lot about in coaching endurance sports for so long, that Mm -hmm. a lot of endurance athletes sometimes are like they're running away from something, and it's really until they finally run until they're ragged, and then have to start looking into other things. Do you have any thoughts on that? On um, Because you were doing endurance sports for a long time, and even though you did have Lyme disease, you know, at some point you wanted to keep doing them, but you were not able to. So it forced, the Lyme disease forced you to stop. Yeah, and I kind of agree with you. Um, 
it, it was it was a belief in my head. I mean, uh, endurance sports are fun and, and good, but you have to do them in a healthy way with enough rest and good nutrition. And I had the wrong belief around it. It, it had to do with my bulimia, with my eating disorder, that I believed that I had to do Ironmans to be a certain, uh, have a certain body. It was more like, okay, I can eat more and, and then I can train, right? Or I can binge and I can go on, on a 15K run. So for me, it was totally, it was the relationship with my body and wanting to do endurance sports purely for the shape of my body. And then I got overly tired. I got burned out and sick and I think sometimes when you I don't think you always do have to get sick when you get ticked, bitten by a tick if you just go through so much training I my body was just exhausted plus my mind was really stuck too in 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 things that happened in my childhood so my body just needed to become sick and something needed to change <laughs> There is that what you say. It, I, I I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, sometimes that. I mean, a similar story happened to me. Not so much. Um, I didn't get bit by Lyme, but I was like, if I could just run far enough, I was going to end up skinny. And I well, I never ended up skinny but, uh, training, but and then I just kept getting sicker and sicker. Until and then I ended up having injuries that wouldn't heal, and at that point I had to stop. And then I started. I found low carb and started to get better, and you know a similar cycle. But I don't think that we are alone in that. That there's a lot of endurance athletes who are running away from something. They're not training for endurance sports because they love. Although I do love being outside and being on my bike or running, yeah. they're doing it because they want to have a certain look and they want to be a so you know thought of a certain way but that doesn't mean that that's they're doing it for the reasons that are healthy yeah and 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 that's the one thing i do miss sometimes is being outside you know that's the nice thing but i think for me too and and I, was that i was running away from from things I, I didn't want to think about. I, I tugged away some things really, really deeply. And uh, I think endurance sports helped me numb myself, you know, helped me yeah. not feel my feelings for sure. Yeah. Did you ever go to therapy or um, see a therapist or a psychiatrist or psychologist to deal with some of the issues later when they started bubbling up or was it just the process of healing that you were able to manage those feelings and your past training in psychology? I, I actually, um, I did see psychologists before, I think also in the beginning of my thirties and then my parents passed away when I was 37. So then I started, I wanted to really start healing from the bulimia, which took me another three years. But it, I don't know, I was just thinking about that this week, actually, that none of the people that had like master's degrees 
really, I had a connection with and really made a big difference for me. The things that helped me most are some life coaches that I followed and went, that went through the same kind of like childhood trauma and, and those things that really, really clicked with me and, and, and made me feel not alone and made me feel like, hey, I can do this too. I can heal too. Uh, so it, it weren't really the, the, the therapists that really made a difference. It's really the people with the life experience that were life coaches that really helped me. That's a good, uh, a good point. And it's important to think that if you've already, if someone's listening to this and you're like, you know, I have these challenges, I, um, had trauma growing up and I've tried certain things that you know, maybe you just need to, uh, to find a different approach. I mean, I, there's not one way to heal. No. And, uh, if you haven't found help or your teacher or your coach that works, that's right for you just to keep looking. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, don't, don't give up there. There truly is, is a way out and it's just, finding the right people and someone that feels good to you that you connect with. And we all have an in intuition and follow your intuition. And I can just say for myself that it just feels that I saw the light. It's, it kind of sounds silly, but <laughs> it, it really happened. Like I really got from the dark side to the, I don't know. I just, it just feels, it just feels so different. And it just doesn't help like just saying positive affirmations that that's just, I mean, I've tried that too for years and it didn't do anything. It's just really the deeper healing that needs to take place and to forgive yourself and uh, to embrace your, your little, like I had to embrace my little, my little Yeti, you know, that, that, uh, I had to take her in my heart and I had to become one with her again. And I had to love her like she'd never been loved before. And that really, yeah, that really just feels so good. And to forgive people, to forgive and, and just acknowledge that, for example, my parents didn't know any better. And my dad had PTSD from a war, you know, and, and once you realize and, and you're able to forgive, it just, you know, you can just let go of like backpacks of garbage that were hold it, keeping you stuck. How do you feel like the changes of, you know, being able to let go of some of those past hurts has mm -hmm. changed the way that you approach being a parent to your kids? Oh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Good question. Because I, I tell my kids now too, like, you know, I have made mistakes probably because I, w I had bulimia and I was very into myself and maybe I, because I didn't have a connection with my parents, maybe I didn't really know how to deeply connect with my kids. So uh, I'm just, I just became very open to them and they know everything. I mean, they see all my posts, of course, too. I think by healing myself, the whole family situation is more positive and more 
open and I mean, I coach my husband too and my kids kind of and tell them like, I mean, the things I used to believe, they probably took on some of those things that all that really matters is that they love themselves and accept themselves and just treat others like they like to be treated and try not to live in fear and try to live out of love. So it, it, I think it made a difference, yeah. And, and also in my friends, I had to let go. You know, when you grow, you have to let go of some people, and that's not always, that's hard. But, yeah, that, that I went through all that. Yeah. It's amazing how uh, when you change the friends, you make new friends that match you better, but then you do have to, um, let go to some of the, the friends that you had that were, weren't not, you just weren't on the same level or not in different levels, but you just, you just moved on. So I, I experienced that too. I feel like I'm even from when we worked together to now, I'm in a, a different place, but I, uh, I can say that um, the family, like my relationships with my family are better now that I'm, I've worked on myself. What would you say to someone, like, especially mothers, it seems like it's hard for a lot of them to, to focus on their own healing because they're so busy with their children. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give to someone in that situation? I would say that self-care isn't selfish. You know how we always get instructed in the airplane to put on our own uh, oxygen masks first before we help someone else. It's the same with healing yourself. And if you heal yourself and you become a more happy, grounded person, you will become a better family member, a better mom. And I think society is, is so much about keeping your kids busy and doing as many activities as, as they can. So you're always running around and families don't have dinners anymore together. And uh, I was that mom too. And at some point we just stopped and, you know, taking a step back from all the sports and having dinners together again. And, and I just think it's very important that mom takes care of herself and you just become a better and happier person instead of always being there for others, of course you can still, but you have to work on yourself first because you can't control, you can't control your environment or yeah, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. I agree completely. You can't, I agree with the putting the gas, the mask on first and take care of yourself. Although sometimes it's hard whenever, um, Oh, it's amazing the process we go through of aging and getting older that we're able to have worked at things so long that we finally get it sort of like unraveling a big ball of yarn or something that to get it straightened out, it just takes time. So let's talk a little bit about the time to heal. Cause I noticed for me when I, from the point I was broken to really where I felt good was about 12 years. Mm -hmm. So it took a long time and you are from like, when we had started working together, you had already not been feeling good for a while. Mm -hmm. So that was 2014. So how long did it take you to heal? And what advice would you give to someone who's in the process of healing, who's getting frustrated? 
Yeah, I think it took me then 11 years, all in all, you know, from the point that you're like, okay, this is enough till now that I'm really feeling good. But I, I did have periods that I gave up and stopped, you know, all yeah, I stopped trying. Yeah. Stopped trying and I focused on Iron Man's, you know, to kind of walk away from that help. I think it's just really important to try different things and be open to different things. And if it doesn't work out, then say, okay, it's okay. I tried this. It doesn't work for me. I'm going to try something else. And that you feel that you feel really understood and feel like, hey, yes, this person or this program understands what I'm going through. And, and I think then healing can, can happen fast. But yeah. yeah. I was just stopping and then, then distracted by, by endurance sports. And at the last years, I have been focused continuously. And then it really made a big difference. Yeah. I agree. I think, yes, I agree. All of the above. But it does take, it takes a long time. And I think that I, for me and healing, I had to give up you know, endurance sports to, to some extent too, not, not as aggressive. I mean, I still do stuff, but not, I started doing a lot shorter things and a lot less intense things. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm doing a weightlifting routine. Uh, so it's uh, different than that. I agree with you 110%. And I think it's an important message for women, especially, but uh, even for men in their fifties to, if you don't feel good, there's probably a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I really found, well, I really found that, you know, by doing less, less is more by doing less, I feel less tired. And I, I, I feel better. Uh, it's even believe it or not easier to, to kind of stay the same size. I, I never weigh myself to, be, uh, to be honest, but uh, it's been easier now that I only lift three days a week and don't put so much stress on my body. I would say that sometimes endurance sports actually make me gain weight. Oh, and, that's a hundred. I that yeah. is a hundred percent true for a lot of women. Yeah, it, that's what I, I. It's so hard that people come to me because I coach endurance athletes. They come to me and they want to lose weight, and I feel like saying, which I have said. If you want to lose weight, don't do endurance sports. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Do weightlifting and yeah. give yourself a lot of rest. And a lot of times if you have HPA access disruption or um, what used to be called adrenal fatigue, if you have that, you need to rest. You don't need to be training for a marathon or a half marathon. Or, But we're, I, we're brainwashed to believe that if we just exercise more and eat less, we're going to end up skinny. <clears throat> yeah, and that's what I believe a lot too. I see it around me in the gym that I'm going to. I, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to become a coach too, because I am actually able to eat more now, and I do way less. Uh, yeah. Then and and I'm 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 skinnier than when I did my Ironman. Not that it really matters, but that was the reason I did Ironmans. <laughs> Yes, there's a lot of people who do endurance sports for that reason. And I would say if you're trying to lose weight yeah. and you have emotional issues, you should not be training for an Ironman. You shouldn't even be, um, you, 
you know, I think, and I, I think it sounds like you would agree with me. If you have weight issues and um, you have problems loving yourself the way you are, you should stop all endurance training and sort of take a step back and work on feeling good first before you add endurance sports. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, and I can just say that I will not go back to endurance sports because I'm just so much, I'm just feeling so much better now. I, I mean, I feel happy in my body. I, I can eat sometimes ice cream if I want, uh, you know, and, but mostly I eat healthy though. Uh, keto but, yeah but uh, i think it, if you have a healthy body you can have a little leeway with those things and not have the negative effect it's only yeah. when you're really a, a your person your body is sick if your body's sick and you eat ice cream and you weigh three pounds later or five pounds the next day that's because your body's sick and it's not able to deal with any garbage yes yeah that's true I'm so happy for you that you're able to feel good and, and love yourself and get the body you want and that you're able to help others do the same. Can you talk a little bit about where people can find you and what's the process, the intake process, and what you go over if someone was to work with you? I have a website, trueyeti.com, T-R-U-J-E-T-T-Y.com. And the process is usually I go on a call with someone first to see if we connect because I, I feel there needs to be a connection between me and my clients. And I talk about uh, their goals and challenges and, and then how we start usually with nutrition. And I'm usually not too concerned about exercise or if they're really avid exercises i'm really trying to push it back but it it, it <laughs> yeah. comes up at a time and then yeah i meet my clients twice uh for my nutrition and exercise program coaching program twice a month to talk and that really really helps i also have a life coaching program that is usually when people have already a fitness coach or uh nutrition whatever plan because I don't believe in one diet fits all, you know, your nutrition needs to feel good for you. In the beginning, I was like my way or the highway, but I understand if people want to eat vegan or, and if that makes them feel good, you know, we all have different backgrounds. So I, I really love working with clients too that already have a nutrition and exercise plan and really work on loving themselves and why they're doing certain things and really healing the past. Yeah. Sounds fabulous. Well, I am very, very happy for you. I'm excited that we're able to reconnect and that I will be watching what you post on Instagram or not Instagram, LinkedIn. <laughs> and uh, so I'm very excited and so glad that you found help and you're able to help others. Yeah. So thank you. 